1: A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 11. It is time to bounce back. The Hawks are looking to do that at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before we get into it, here's NASA Shelby with the injury updates.
0: Not a time to update on the injury front. Chris Carson, who returned to practice last week, did not play against the Packers and will not practice as of Wednesday this week. Head coach Pete Carroll gave us an update of where Chris Carson is with his recovery. What I would say is we didn't make the positive progress that we would, had hoped. You know, so um, it, we're still working with it. So I, I just don't I, I don't have a good update for you. If you don't mind, you just got to wait another couple days days. We'll have, have more. We just have to wait. On the positive side, Dwayne Brown and Ryan Neal look to be in great shape heading into this weekend's game against the Cardinals. Dwayne um, seems to have come out of the weekend pretty good. and pretty Well, and, and let me say it that way. He came out of it well. And uh, we'll see. We'll go day to day with him. But um, he was went through the walkthrough today, which is really encouraging. And then the other one was, uh, yeah, Ryan's practicing today. So we're in good shape there. All right, now that we've gotten through the injuries, it's time to hop into Seahawks' Week 11 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. What's on tap? What's on tap? Cardinals first place in the NFC West with a record of eight and two. They've had wins over the Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Rams, 49ers, Browns, Texans. 49ers again fell to the Packers and the Carolina Panthers. So essentially they started off this season guns, blazing bump. They won their first seven games in impressive fashion. Since then, they've lost two of their last three games to the Packers and the Panthers. However, injuries have played a huge role in that. Starting quarterback Kyler Murray injured his ankle against the Packers and has missed the last two games. A.J. Green returned last week after missing the 49ers game but was really not effective, had one reception for one reception in four yards. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, all-pro wide receiver, has missed the last two weeks battling a hamstring injury. And lastly, J.J. Watt, done for the year. But now this is crazy. He dislocated his shoulder, tore his labrum, tore his bicep, Torres rotator cuff, so that shoulder all kinds of jacked up. During the Texans game, bro, he still played. Still played. He, he finished that game, had a tackle <laughs> for loss in the QBA. JJ eight you're just you're built different. You were built different. Um nonetheless, though, so they're they're battling a lot of injuries right now. Uh let's jump into their last week against the Panthers. And it was all Panthers Sunday. All Panthers. Main story coming to that game was the return of Superman Cam Newton. As he led the Panthers to a 34-10 victory over the Cardinals, let everybody know that he's back. Um, the former MVP Panthers legend Newton provided a spark for that offense. He had one touchdown and threw for another. Uh, it was pretty impressive considering he didn't really practice last week. And when they asked him about the playbook, he's like, how much did you know? He was like, well, I knew two touchdowns worth. I, was, I, I knew enough. <laughs> um, but the factors in that game were Kyle Murray and Hopkins were out. Cardinals have Been able to overcome a ton this season, whether it was missing Murray early in the year, whether it was Cliff Kingsbury having to sit out with COVID. But last week, it seems like it caught up to him. Colt McCoy looked a lot more like a backup, as we've seen from him over the years. He fumbled after being sacked on the third play of the game, setting up the Panthers and Cam Newton for a first touchdown, and it was downhill from there, man. The Cardinals only had 169 yards of total offense. McCoy finished the game 11 of 20 for 107 yards in one interception. Panthers were up 23-0 at halftime. Cardinals didn't get in the end zone until a James Conner touchdown with nine minutes in the fourth quarter. Game was well in hand at that point. Conner ended the day with 10 carries for 39 yards, one touchdown. Christian Kirk led the receivers for the Cardinals with seven receptions and 58 yards. Cardinals couldn't overcome two turnovers, one turnover on downs, and just had 11 first downs. Now, something to watch for, guys. Colt McCoy left the game in the third quarter with a pec injury and third-string quarterback Chris Strebler – Finish that game, and right now McCoy is day to day. Could be a big deal, uh, depending on the status of Colin Murray heading into Sunday. Now, Bob, let's jump into this head to head. What are you seeing from the Seahawks and the Cardinals on paper?
1: One can the can the Seahawks get a break and get a backup quarterback? Let's let's <laughs> let's get a break, okay? So, uh, Colin Murray, hope you're okay, but I ain't mad if I don't see you. Head to head matchups. Oh man, when it comes to the offense, Seahawks offense is ranked 30th. The Cardinals they're ranked ninth. Run offense, the Hawks are 22nd. The Cardinals are 8th. Pass offense, Hawks are 30th. Cardinals are 12th. Points per game, Hawks are 22nd, averaging 20.1. And the Cardinals are 4th, averaging 28.7. Defensively, the Hawks have the worst defense on paper, but we know the last four weeks, they've been playing well. Uh, Cardinals are 4th overall rush against the rush. The Hawks are 26th. Against the rush, the Cardinals are 19th. Defense. Pass defense, the Hawks are 29th and the Cardinals are fifth. Points allowed per game, Hawks are ninth, averaging 20, giving up 20, and the Cardinals are ranked fifth. So you're going up against a good defense and a good offense, but these numbers kind of mess you up when it comes to the Seahawks because if you've been watching closely, you know this defense has been playing at a high level. Here is a stat that got a bump that I'm happy to see interceptions by the Seahawks (laughs) now have four. And one from Jamal Adams. Got three from Diggs. Cardinals have eight. Cause more turnovers. I think that's the next step for this defense. You're playing well. You're not allowing a bunch of points. You're keeping this team in the game. Now it's time to create more turnovers and more sacks. We saw Alvin Robinson last week get really close about three or four times. Aaron Rodgers moving all around the pocket. Now it's time to finish those plays. There's the head-to-head. Let's get to know the history.
0: No, your history. History. All right, Bump, well, the Seahawks and Cardinals have a long history. These guys have played a ton of matchups against each other. The Seahawks lead the all-time series uh, 22-21-1. All games taking place in the regular season. Russell Wilson is 10-7-1 during his time in Seattle, but over the years, he has a better record in Arizona. Uh, He is 6-2-1 on the road and is just 4-5 at home. Now, the last time these two teams played was Thursday night football, and the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 28 21 uh, Russell Wilson was very efficient, going 23 of 28 for 197 yards, two touchdowns. Carlos Hyde, if you guys remember him, had his best game in a Seahawks uniform, rushing for 79 yards on 14 carries, one touchdown. Tyler Lockett, solid game, nine receptions, six, seven yards, a touchdown. DK Metcalf also got in the end zone. And the Seahawks defense really shut down the run that game, holding the Cardinals to just 57 yards. And this was a big game. Uh, the Seahawks came off a two-game losing streak last year. They really needed a win to kind of propel them forward on Thursday Night Football, and they did that. Colin Murray, he had a decent game, going 29-42 of for 269 yards and two touchdowns, but was sacked three different times. And one of those sacks sealed the game. The Seahawks were trailing, or the Cardinals were trailing, excuse me, 28-21. to Cardinals were driving. First and 10 from the Seahawks' 27-yard line with 54 seconds remaining. Kyle Murray with throw three straight incompletions, bringing up a fourth in 10 with a game on the line. Now it's time to enter in Carlos Dunlap. Three receivers, Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald that is, and Kirk go to the far side. Empty backfield. Murray takes the
1: snap. Looks, gets hit, goes down. Seahawks sack. Murray, getting there was Dunlap. Came off the edge, almost untouched. Huge play seahawks defense and the hawks are going to win this game at lumen field and it's going to come on a great defensive play with 34 seconds left
0: now bob the reason i brought that up seahawks would obviously hold on to win the game 28 21 it's because Carlos done that, man. We got accustomed to seeing that. He showed up here last year after uh, not having a great end there in Cincinnati. And he came out, I think he had five and a half sacks last year, and he just made a lot of game-changing plays. That one won the game for the Seahawks, and we know what he's capable of. We know he's a great pass rusher. He's been in the league a long time, been on the block, sacked almost every quarterback that's playing in the National Football League right now. And I just want to play that as a little reminder. Carlos, we love you, baby. We need to see you. We've seen you getting close here and there time to time, but we really need that Seahawks' pressure to return this week. Now let's get back to the best division in football, the NFC West. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? The
1: NFC West is looking tough for the Seahawks right now. The Cardinals are at top sitting at eight and two. The Rams behind them at seven and three. The Niners at four and five and the Hawks at the bottom looking up at three and six. Not a pretty picture for the Seahawks. When it comes to the NFC West, they're not used to being dead last looking up Um, as we know it. They're probably not going to win the NFC West. Tragedy needs to happen at the top for that to happen. I don't see that going down. But the four remaining divisional games will decide the Seahawks season. They got to play Arizona twice. They play the Rams once and San Francisco once. Let's recap this Rams and 49ers game. We saw Monday Night Football Santa Clara came as a complete shock to probably everybody. Two times the 49ers have won at home. Two times they went at home, and one of them was on Monday Night Football in the past year. Two times they went home. 49 Niners were all over the Rams, beating them thirty-one to ten. The tone was set early. Matthew Stafford threw an interception on their on his first possession. Then the Niners responded, going on an eight. Team play, 93-yard drive, ending with a George Kittle touchdown. The following possession, Stafford throws another interception, except this one goes to the house. Jimmy Ward takes it back for six, making it 14-0. The Rams get their stuff together. They respond. They go seven plays, 75 yards, ending with a Tyler Higby touchdown. But from there on out, the 49ers just did what they are supposed to do, 21 unanswered points before the Rams convert on garbage time. But the highlight, the star of this game was Debo Samuel. Had 133 total yards, two touchdowns. And he was everywhere on the field, in the slot, outside, even lined up at running back. Jimmy G had a very efficient game, 15-19, 182 yards, two touchdowns. George Kittle, five receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. On the other side, Matthew Stafford, who was the MVP-type guy, in my opinion, struggled for the second consecutive week. He was 26-41, to 41, 243 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Rams' run game just was not there, 52 yards on 10 Carries, the one shining star for the Rams. You know who it was. Cooper Cup, 11 receptions, 122 yards. Robert Woods might be missed more than we know. We saw OBJ out there. Was he going to save the day? I think he's still getting acclimated to his offense. Only had two receptions for 18 yards on three targets. One of those targets was intercepted. Von Miller. Got his feet wet with this new ball club. He had three tackles, one tackle for loss. And he found out that George Kittle is a great blocker, man. He pancaked this man like a dominant pancake, (laughs) not a slip or fall. Can't get up. No, I squared you up. I block you. I put you into the ground. The thing we learned about the NFC West is that, man, it's tough. And it's going to be a fight, whoever you play in this division.
0: No question about it. And just another bump to George Kittle. Me and you have talked about this for years, how good that man is. And to get a guy like Vaughn man. Miller, get your hands inside in his chest plate and drive him into the ground is unbelievable. George Kittle is the best tight end in football, most complete. Travis Kelsey might have more yards and stuff like that, but nobody blocks and plays as hard as George Kittle does. But one thing I want to bring up, Bump. So OBJ, right, he makes his debut, two receptions, 18 yards. Okay, nothing to, to write home about. But people, I just want to say this, man, and I'm not even the biggest OBJ fan, but people need to relax, man. You got your boy Troy Aikman out there saying, you know, he might have changed the dynamic of the locker room, you know, saying Stafford might have thrown that pick because he was trying to get OBJ the ball. And he might have felt that pressure that Mayfield felt, you know, because you got to get him the ball. You know, he's running a deep route. That's why he's in the game. I got to get him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Got to get the ball in his hands bruh he played 15 <laughs> snaps are you kidding me he was there for four days or three days you're telling me he changed the dynamic of the locker room on 15 plays May miss me with all that stuff all right just relax here's the thing in a month from now you can tell me if he if he's complaining on the sideline throwing a fit you know and, and things start falling apart he's making comments in the media and doing all that stuff okay maybe that'll happen I'm not saying it will I'm not saying it won't but what I'm saying after one game relax guys let them have a chance and let's see what this is actually about let him build
1: some chemistry. You're not just going to throw a guy out there and he's automatically going to go for 100. Like He has to understand the playbook. He's got a, Matthew Stafford has to learn his body language at the top of his routes. There's a lot that goes into it, so yes, I'm with you. They need to chill. All right, man, what's the playoffs looking like?
0: Oh, well, uh, <laughs> it's a sore subject, right? Um, the Seahawks, they didn't do it themselves any favors last Sunday. Uh, they now fall into 14th out of 16 teams in the NFC, which is just uh, unbelievable to write and say. Uh, The Vikings won last week, the Panthers won, the Eagles won, 49ers won, Washington football team won. Only positive part of last week was the Saints loss and the Falcons were embarrassed by the Cowboys. That's a completely different discussion. But things are not over for the Seahawks by any means. But I'm telling you right now, Bump, the margin for error is so small. I mean, we got to quote our guy Al Pacino too slow, too fast, can't get there. The inches we need are everywhere <laughs> around us. Every break of the game, every minute, every second. That <laughs> um, <laughs> was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> but, man, so I, I've been saying this for weeks. I think a 9-8 and eight team is going to make the playoffs. The problem is the Seahawks aren't in great shape when it comes to the tiebreakers. They're 1-4 in conference, which is that second tiebreaker. And, and for the Seahawks to even go 9-8, and eight, they need to go 6-2 and two the rest of the way and probably need some help. Um, On top of that, they have two games against the Cardinals, one against the Rams, who have a combined record of 14-5. Positive side, though, there's five games remaining against the Washington football team, the 49ers, the Texans, Bears, and Lions. Those guys have a combined record of 11-33. However, as we know, it's a week-to-week league. Those games aren't guaranteed. The Washington football team goes out there and uh, upsets the defending champions, the Buccaneers, and the 49ers, who were reeling, just stomped out the Rams. One positive thing is every team in the NFC West is just one game out in the lost column for that wildcard spot. Right now, the Seahawks has got to take it one week at a time. Panthers are five and five in that seven spot. Vikings four and five. Falcons four and five. Eagles four and six. Forty Nine ers four and five. Washington three and six. Giants three and six. And the Seahawks are three and six. So a lot of work to do, but just one week at a time. But let's get back over to these Cardinals and look at these matchups. Man up. Hey, who else is this? Oh! Man up on Hawk Talk.
1: Man up. Let's look at these matchups. You got Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy versus Seahawks defense. Before Murray got hurt, he was having an MVP type season. In eight games, he is at 186 for 256, 2,276 yards, 17 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Also has carried the rock 49 times for 147 yards and two touchdowns. He has been sacked 17 times but completing 70, 72% of his passes, which is a career best, he's definitely stepping into the next tier of really good quarterbacks and will be a problem for the Seahawks for years to come. Without murder, the Cardinals, they're a much different team. Enter backup Colt McCoy in two games. McCoy is 33 of 46, 356 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and has been sacked four times. Now, it was a disaster for him last week. He played well against the 49ers. He went 22 of 26 for 249 yards, one touchdown and no interceptions. Something we will be following very closely is the health of both quarterbacks. Kyler Murray still dealing with an ankle. Colton McCoy's day-to-day with a pec injury. It's important to remember that the Cardinals have a bye next week, so they might just say, look, we're going to pump the brakes a little bit, play it safe, and uh, let these backups go. And no need to rush for Kyler Murray to get back. So, therefore, Chris Streveler, will step in at the quarterback spot on the flip side. The Hawks are playing their best football of the year through the last four games. They haven't allowed more than 23 points and are giving up just 15 points per game on the season. They are ninth in the NFL, just allowing 20 points per game. This is where the Hawks could possibly get their break. Kyler Murray never wish bad on anybody, but Hey, play smart. Play smart. AZ sit Murray. You got the buy coming up. Let's play against a backup if the hawks do play against a backup i think the defense is licking their chops like let's go man we for months straight we've been playing good football you held aaron Rodgers, a hall of fame quarterback from throwing a, a touchdown last week keep the good times rolling if murray is in the game you must spy you must corral but something tells me they're going to see a backup hey
0: man let's speak it into existence like you said we waste nothing <laughs> bad on anybody but i would love to see colt mccoy even though colt mccoy did Beat the Seahawks last year with the Giants, but that was more of an anomaly than anything. But honestly, yeah, no, I think Kyler Murray is obviously an incredibly talented quarterback. If he's back there behind center, it's going to be a tough day for the Seahawks. But they're battle-tested right now. You know, they went up against Ben Roethlisberger a couple weeks ago. They went up against uh, Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned. So I I feel good about that. Now, on our side, Russell Wilson against his Cardinals defense. Now, Bob Russell made his heavily anticipated return, as we all know, last week against the Packers and, and didn't really put up the numbers we're accustomed to seeing. He was 20 of 40, 161 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. And it was just the fifth time he had a rating below 40 in his Hall of Fame career. Obviously, a lot of factors were in play. He uh, had the weather, obviously playing on a surgical-repaired finger, on his throwing hand, not to mention missing four weeks of practice. So, to me, bump it, even beyond the finger, I think some of that was just rust, right? I mean, not being out there. I don't care how great you are. I think we even saw that from Aaron Rodgers, and he missed a lot less. And he was healthy. He missed a lot less time than rust did. So, I think some of that was rust. Um, on the year, Russell's 110 for 165, 1,357 yards, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, 22 carries, 100 yards, one touchdown. The Seahawks were shut out for the first time in Russell's career, and I think he bounce obviously need to bounce back in a huge way. I expect him to be a lot better this week, bump. but how does he get there? What's the plan for his success this week against a good Cardinals defense?
1: One, just get healthy. He said he was 100%. I don't think he was. Um, so father time is going to help him out when it comes to that. And now just being accurate. I think him not being as accurate as we're used to seeing was a result of him not being 100% healthy. And now it's the guys around him need to make plays for him. You got to make the difficult catch. You got to go down and dig the ball out the dirt. Offensive line has to protect. That old line did not have a great game against um, the Packers last week. So there are things that need to happen around him. He took accountability after the game. He needs to make better decisions. Don't force the ball down the field, but this is a team sport. Line has to play better. Playmakers need to make plays. Russ just rest. Put your hand in that chamber. I'm just assuming (laughs) his hand was in a chamber for three weeks, whatever you were doing, keep the healing process going and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. That's what I hope so, man. Cause this Cardinals defense, you mentioned at the top is no joke. Fourth, the NFL allowing just 309 yards a game fifth against the pass. Middle of the pack's up in the run. They're 19th, but they got some dudes. They have some good linebackers, Hicks and Isaiah Simmons. Marcus Golden leads a team with nine sacks. And you can't forget about Chandler Jones, who had five sacks in week one. Five. Only had one since then, so it'll be interesting as we kind of will look through the film and go through the week as we talk to some guys from Arizona and see what's going on there. But another matchup, James Conner versus that Seahawks front seven. The Cardinals, similar to the Packers, had a two-headed monster at running back. However, the Cardinals will be with just one as they place Chase Edmonds on IR to rehab an injured ankle. On the season, Edmonds had 430 yards on 76 carries and another 211 yards on 30 receptions. They're now going to rely on James Conner, who is not a bad option by any means. He's been a touchdown machine on the year, has a 12 on the season through 10 games, 493 yards on 125 carries. And he's just an impressive dude, man. If you remember, he had cancer when he played at Pitt. He was totally on only one week to live, and for that man to go from that moment to where he's at now is pretty crazy. And for me, I just think with all the with all the flux about who's playing quarterback, you can't have someone else getting after it, man. So Connor needs to be shut down without question. He can't have a big day if you want to have any chance to win on Sunday. Good thing for the Seahawks, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher since week three against the Vikings. Even though they're 26 in the NFL on rush yards at 125 a game, they're playing a lot better. So lock up James Connor and everything will be good.
1: Lock him up. That guy is, um, he's pretty special, man. I saw him take a screen to the house about 50 yards a couple weeks ago or last week. He can run in between the tackles. Um, It's his show now. Chase Esmond looks like he's going to be banged up for the next couple weeks. J- James Connor. Okay, another matchup. Kirk, Hopkins, Green, Moore versus the Seahawks secondary. This receiving core is special. You mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. Kirk is their leading receiver. He is their leading receiver. Thankfully for the Seahawks, the secondary has been playing well. Last week, they held Devontae Adams to just seven, eight yards and seven receptions. So we'll see if they can do this again. Now, when it comes to stats, Kirk has 47 receptions, 603 yards and four touchdowns. Hopkins, 35 receptions, 486 and seven touchdowns. Green, 30 receptions, 463 touchdowns and more 36, 362 yards and one touchdown. Hopkins missed last week's game with a hamstring injury. Green returned last week, but was a non-factor. Just one reception for five. Uh, on four targets. Kirk is the fastest human being (laughs) I've seen in a while. I mean, he ran a deep cross against the 49ers, got to the safety, jab-stepped him. Uh, Colt McCoy, I believe it was Colt McCoy, threw a nice football over his shoulder. I mean, this guy is quietly the best number two, number three receiver in the league, but but he's putting up number one-type numbers. He's reliable. He's healthy. They got to lock this dude up.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the speed. Like that, I think that was I think that's in his maturation process for for Kirk. Because normally, when when he first came in the league, it was just like, okay, he's a burner, he's the guy who run that nine route, run past you. But now he's doing it all. So the Seahawks have, you know, they're gonna have to do a lot in that back end. Quandre Diggs has been holding it down, Jamal Adams, but it just puts such so much pressure on those safeties when you have a guy that can get busy like that down the middle of the field, and then you have two, you know, future Hall of Fame type guys on the outside. So. Things, things are going to be tough for that secondary. On offense for the Seahawks, D.K., Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I'm throwing Gerald Everett in here versus that Cardinal secondary. So after a week where they were targeted 19 times, had 18 receptions for 185 yards and two touchdowns, Metcalf and Lockett were non-factors against the Packers. They had just five receptions for 49 yards on 18 targets. And honestly, everything I've pretty much every game has been consistent. Um, this offense goes as they go. When they're involved in the game plan and they're making plays, the Seahawks have won football games. Uh, When they're not, it's been tough sledding on offense. Metcalf leads a team receiving 42 receptions, 606 yards, eight touchdowns. Lockett right behind them, 43 receptions, 602 yards, and three touchdowns. And they're going to need to come with it, man, because the secondary is no joke. They got those two dudes from UW, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy Jr., who are balling out this season bump. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch.
1: BK and Lockett. They have to get involved early and often. And you mentioned the secondary they're going to be going up against. It's just time to make plays. Buddha Baker, man, might be the most humble. So he reminds me of like if Tyler Lockett played defense, he'd be Buddha Baker. Like their approach is that I'm going to play hard. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to respect the game. I'm humble. Just see my all-around great guys. You got the UW connection in the backfield. So I know all you Huskies out there, um, you're going to be watching this game with Murphy and Baker. But you know who... You rock with Mm -hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. Remember that. All right. So now how are they going to get this done? Here's your path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good. The Seahawks win.
0: It's good. It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Getting that offense going. We just mentioned it. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett need to have their handprints all over this game plan. And last week, you know, I was more concerned saying, man, I really hope the Seahawks don't fall behind early because that's been the recipe in Green Bay for a lot of games. But this defense has showed up, and they balled out. And if you would have told me that the game would be 3-0 heading into the fourth quarter, I would have said you're crazy. Crazy for both sides. So you got to get, yeah. get something going early. You got to find a way to get something going early. Hopefully another week of recovery, Russell Wilson and his finger will be closer to 100%, shaking off some of that rust. And we can see the Russell Wilson we're accustomed to seeing every week. Offensive line, they need to be better. They need to protect better. Russell needs to get the ball out quickly. They all work as one, and this offense has to get going early.
1: How do they get going early? I think you have to run the rock. All right, 10 or 11 carries just will not cut it. I don't care who's in the backfield. It could be Collins. It could be DJ, Penny. Doesn't matter. Get the run game going and find a way to put together some long drives. Against the Packers, the Hawks only had two drives with more than seven plays. The other eight drives were seven or less plays. Sustain some drives and defensively, Keep doing what you're doing. The secondary is playing their best football this season. That needs to to continue for win Sunday with all the weapons that we mentioned the Arizona Cardinals have.
0: Yeah, man. These boys can play. Uh they need the Seahawks need to find a way to get pressure on Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, whoever's back there throwing the ball. I think that might be the only piece missing right now is consistent pass rush because we've finally seen the secondary take that next step. Jordan Brooks is playing some pretty damn good football. Uh, we'd like him to diagnose a couple more screens. I think Pete Carroll said that. But overall, you're starting to see him take that next step. We know what Bobby can do. I think the last step is finding a consistent pass rush. So Daryl Taylor, Carlos Dunlap I mentioned earlier, the guys inside, Puna Ford, Brian Monet, uh, Benson Mayo. When those guys are out there, we need to see something, especially if Colt McCoy's in there, man, especially that. Each game the rest of the way for the Seahawks, quite frankly, is a playoff game. And I think if this one of these analogies in any sport, whether it's basketball, and you're down 35, or it's baseball, and you're down eight. You can't hit an eight-run home run. You just can't do it. CS can't <laughs> go out there and somehow win, put seven wins in the win column on Sunday. They can't do it. One week at a time, just as Pete Carroll preaches, it's the biggest. It's a championship week. Championship effort starts this week. CS got to take it one at a time to try to climb back in this playoff picture. It's
1: a marathon. It's not a sprint. And we're in the second half of this marathon. Started off slow. You got behind. You have some making up to do. But I think these Hawks can do it if this defense continues to play well and this offense finds their groove. Get going. Russell, you get healthy. Run game. Get going. DK and Lockett make big plays. Where can the folks listen to all this goodness the Hawks put out now?
0: Everywhere. Bump. Seahawks.com. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Google Podcasts. And Stitcher. Other podcasts we got on the network, Seahawks Insiders with Jen Mueller and John Boyle. The Huddle with Dave Lyman, Stacey Ross, and Jake Heaps. Hawks Live with our very own Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Seahawks Stories with Robert Turbin and Seahawks Rewind. Get the instant analysis right after each and every game from the Seahawks Radio Network. Catch player interviews, reactions from Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Reverie or bump, let's get back in the wind calm. I'm feeling good about this. 12's back at Lumen Field. We need you loud. We need you hungry. The Seahawks need you this week. Let's go 1 and 0. All right. Second
1: half of the season, we are in it. Russell Wilson is healthy. S. is healthy. DK is going to bounce back. Locke is going to do his thing. Positive vibes we are sending to the Seahawks. That was the Hawk Talk preview, week 11 edition. Hawks are taking on the Cardinals. looking to bounce back on Michael Bump as he's Nassau Chobi. Talk to y'all soon.